Well, hello there, fellow communicators. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode, Stories Lived, Stories Told. As always, I am your host, Abby, and with the help of the CMM Institute, I am using this podcast to create a space to have an ongoing conversation about communication, patterns, skills, language, and how all of it shows up in our everyday lives. We use a theory called Coordinated Management of Meaning, the CMM part of the CMM Institute, as a way to understand the many elements of our social worlds. Because we believe that the social worlds we exist in are created through communication. And we also believe that we have the ability to create better social worlds when we become aware of the ways we communicate and then learn to be more intentional, more mindful about them. So with that in mind, let's begin. Today, I want us to talk about the listening side of communication and the kind of space that we can create in our relationships, our interactions with really good listening. Our social worlds are created through communication, and our communication happens not just in the talking, but in the listening too, right? We spoke about this in our conversations with Sarah Hayden and also with Robbie Williford, that you know the course of an interaction is controlled by the way that you listen to someone and how the, the things you do when you listen are what create the space that invites, well, that either invites more sharing and vulnerability and connection or shuts down those things. What we've found in our experience is that there are just as many ways to intentionally show up as a listener as there are for the speaker. So here's my purpose and my thought process behind today's conversation. One of the things I believe is that every person, everybody has stories, thoughts, feelings, and ideas to share. But not every person has been given the space to share those things, right? Which includes like they haven't felt safe or comfortable to share those things. But we all deserve that space. I know it feels incredible to be listened to and valued in that way. And when we can create that kind of space in our relationships, in our communication, that is what ultimately leads us to deeper connection. I just really believe that when we have that deeper connection, when we have the ability to be vulnerable and to be seen in that way through our communication, that it it totally improves the quality of our relationships And I think from that, our mental health and just overall our quality of life, right? We're social creatures. Even though it's a hard and emotional thing to do, we want to be known and to be in community with people. So when I say people haven't been given the space to form that more meaningful connection, to go deeper in their interactions... The way that we remedy that, the way that we do give people the kind of space that leads to connection, is in how we show up when we're listening. Very cheesy, but the thing that's coming to mind for me right now is, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. And I feel like our version of that is listen to other people how you want to be listened to. And I think that's maybe a good phrase to keep with you 
that encompasses all the things we're going to get into today. Because how you show up when you listen may be something that you have literally never considered before, and I think that's probably most people, so you're not alone. So today we're going to talk about, you know, strategies and real active listening skills and tools that you can use. But, you know, like aside from that, aside from these researched, studied, concrete ways to listen on a very basic level, I think on a very human level and maybe a more natural way of approaching this is that whether you have thought about it before or not, I think I think that you know who in your life makes you feel safe to share and pursue that deeper connection and who doesn't. And in fact, you are probably that person for someone else too, whether you know it or not. So, you know, you might not have the specific language to say, oh, oh, my mom or oh, my best friend or my son does these three things and that that's what gives me the space I need. So, you know, you might not know exactly why or how, but you know the relationship. You know the people who you do have that deeper connection with, that vulnerability with. And there are things that they've done that you've done to help you both get there. So that's why you can start thinking to yourself, I'm going to listen how I want to be listened to because because you already have examples in your life of how you want to be received and really probably also how you definitely don't want to be received, which can teach you just as much. You can do, you know, your own kind of study or observation next time you're with these people that make you feel heard and, you know, just pay attention to the things they do and then start working towards integrating some of those things into your own listening so that you really can listen the way you want to be listened to. If we only think of communication as what is being said, then we're way oversimplifying it. For a long time, communication has been understood as one person sends the message, the other receives it. Clear, straightforward, very simple. We call that the sender-receiver model. But now we know that that isn't accurate. It's so much more complex than that. And in my opinion, that's actually good news. You know, I mean, it would be great if it was simple. It would save us a lot of hurt, a lot of struggle if we didn't have to worry about issues of miscommunication, but that's just not the case. So to me, the part of that that's good news is that it's good that we know that it's more complex. It's good that we have theories like CMM that people have created to help us understand and name and control all those complexities. Because if communication is complex, and we know that it is, but we were going around thinking it was simple, then our understanding isn't matching our experience or, you know, what's really true. And I think it's important for those two things to be aligned, you know, the two things of what we know from our experience and what we know intellectually about something, for those two things to be aligned, because I think it makes it easier on us because, you know, we don't have the option of ignoring all the nuance that exists in how we communicate. So this is how we make it easier on ourselves, how we minimize miscommunication. 
People say that knowledge is power, and I think that applies here. I've talked before about how important it is to name things. And in the context of interpersonal communication, I mean that to say, like if I'm experiencing some struggles in my relationships and I can specifically say and name that what I'm feeling is resentment or disappointment, then that puts me in such a better position to actually address those feelings, right? In the same way, having language and knowledge that encompasses all the nuances of communication rather than just trying to oversimplify it is really empowering. Our communication with others is always a dialogue as opposed to a monologue. You think about, you know, actors give monologues, you just one person kind of talking at you. But a dialogue is the back and forth. You know, no one is being talked at, ideally. No one is just the speaker or just the listener. It's fluid and it's more realistic to what our actual day-to-day -day interactions look like. I find it challenging because I want this podcast to feel like a dialogue, like a conversation that you and I are both a part of. And that's easier when I have a guest to have that dialogue with, but episodes like this where it's just me feels a little more like a monologue. So I guess what I'll share is that my hope is that you listen to these episodes and hear what I say and that it sparks ideas or feelings or new realizations inside you and then you go out into your social world and bring this information with you and that's how we keep it a dialogue and that's how you get to participate in this conversation. But anyway, communication is a dialogue. So in any given conversation, you're listening and you're speaking and it's changing from one moment to the next. So, you know, when I talk about the listening role, it's not okay, in this conversation, I'm the listener, in that conversation, she's the listener. You're, you're really always both. So I think that's why it's good to have some listening skills in your back pocket ready to go. And I want to make the distinction between listening and hearing. These two words are generally used interchangeably, but there's a difference, right, that matters for what we're trying to do. Hearing is one of your five senses. It's involuntary. A sound happens and you hear it. So there's no intention there. Listening, on the other hand, is purposeful and it is focused. So it's a step beyond hearing someone to really listen to them. So really listening to someone is a step beyond just hearing someone. Surely you've heard people talk about active listening before, which includes things like, you know, nodding your head, smiling, maintaining eye contact, body language, doing all kinds of nonverbal things to demonstrate to someone that you're engaged and really taking in what they say, really listening and not just hearing. And all that is super important. We might not consciously be thinking about like, oh, Abby is nodding along and smiling and that's really encouraging. So now I feel safe and comfortable to keep talking about this thing. So I choose to keep going based on her actions. You know, we're not consciously recognizing that relationship that exists of if you give me positive nonverbal cues, then I keep sharing. 
But that cause and effect, that transaction, is what is happening on a subconscious level of, you know, you are taking in those cues, the things that tell you, okay, is this person even listening to me at all right now? Then things like, do they seem confused or standoffish or like they're judging me? Are they doing things that make me feel like I can trust them and share more about myself? All of that information is being taken in and stored somewhere inside you. So what that means for us is that even though these things are subconscious for the other person, the person doing the talking in that moment, when you're on the listening side of communication, you can be intentional about those things to help you get the desired outcome of creating the space for deeper connection so that the other person feels heard. And maybe even in the hopes that, you know, they will listen to you in the same way and you will get to feel heard. Listen to others how you want to be listened to. The hard part is that you can't control other people. You know, you might be showing up to someone in such an amazing way And they might even recognize that and feel that, but not be able to do the same for you for whatever reason. You know, so right now, the only thing I can say to that is that not everyone in your life will listen and give the same attention and respect the way you do. But there are also people who will. And I really hope that you can find those people. And I know that it is so hard to have other people in your life not care about communication, which makes it feel like they don't care about the relationship in the same way that you do. But don't let that stop you from still caring and paying attention because regardless of other people, you still have the ability to create a better social world for yourself and you deserve that. And you aren't alone because there's me And there's the other people listening to this podcast who care too. Active listening is great. Things like the nodding, the smiling, the body language. But I think that we can go a step further today. We want to move beyond hearing to actually listening. Then we want to move from listening to active listening, and from there we can even take it further and move from active listening to something called deep listening. So deep listening is being fully present in the interaction. In his book, A Call to Cosmopolitan Communication, Arthur Jensen writes that this means paying attention to the information or ideas being shared as well as the emotions being expressed verbally and non-verbally, and in some cases, to what is not being said. Coordinated Management of Meaning, CMM, gives us the LOOP model. And if you aren't familiar with this, you can go back and listen to the episode I did that fully explains it. But you can approach listening with the LOOP model in mind, asking, what is the story they are telling me right now? but also considering what they're not saying. Is there a way I can make them feel safe to tell those untold stories? How are they telling this particular story and what does that mean? And is there a way I can even help reveal some unknown stories to them? 
And one important way to do this is by asking questions. So, you know, we covered the nonverbals with active listening, but believe it or not, part of listening well involves talking. Big surprise there, I know, but the questions we ask, if they are thoughtful and genuine and come from a place of really listening to the other person, they can demonstrate to the other person that you are engaged and fully present with them. One version of this is paraphrasing, repeating back to them what they've shared with slightly different language, saying things like, what I hear you saying is that you've been feeling really lonely lately, or so you're feeling confused about what to do next, or it sounds like you're saying it would mean a lot to you if your partner planned something special for your birthday. Whatever the content is, repeating that back lets them know that you really listened to what they said. And the added bonus is that by phrasing it a little different than they did, you might help them see it in a new way. So paraphrasing is one good tool, but asking clarifying questions is great too. And asking open-ended questions, not yes or no questions, which gives them the space to express more. One of my favorite things to say, which I guess is not really a question, but I think is absolutely an amazing tool to lead to deeper connection is to say, tell me more in a conversation. And you will definitely have heard me say that during some of our conversation episodes with guests. I think it's just the ultimate open-ended question, right? Because someone may be sharing something about themselves and you want to know more or feel like there is more. And so I think tell me more is a really beautiful invitation for that person to understand that they are welcome and safe to tell you more about whatever it is they're talking about. Maybe they're talking about something they're really passionate about and they might, you know, be holding back because they don't know if you really care about it. But if you say, tell me more, that opens the door up for them to, you know, show a little more of themselves. But also if someone's talking about something they're really struggling with, but maybe they're kind of, you know, keeping it on a surface level again, because maybe they don't know how vulnerable they can be with you or, you know, don't want to burden you. But you say, tell me more. Again, it's just a huge, wide open, beautiful invitation. So I think if if what we're doing is actually looking for deeper connection through our interactions, then it makes sense that the way to do that would be through deepening the actual content of the conversation itself. You know, I think we'll talk in another episode about the process and the power of thoughtful question asking, but I think that's a good place for us to start today. So because everything we do is a dialogue, we can break it down by turns. I take a turn, you take a turn, the choices we make turn the interaction in different directions. We know that communication is complex, so we take it one turn at a time. Our next turn today is to start paying attention to what other people in your life are doing that makes you feel heard, and also the things that don't make you feel heard. 
as always, it's just about bringing awareness to places in your communication that have been on autopilot, you know, and using that awareness to learn something. If you're interested in hearing more conversations about the role of the listener and you know, what it means to be a receiver of stories, I would definitely encourage you to check out my conversations with Robbie Williford and Sarah Hayden. They both spoke about how they, you know, naturally take on this role of listener and the ways that they've learned to be effective listeners and the joy and meaning that they have found in being someone who can hold space for people to share their stories. I mentioned earlier about making this a dialogue and keeping the conversation going. And one way I want to do that is for you to email me at storieslived.storiestold at gmail.com. And, you know, share with me whatever you want. I would love to hear about your experience of listening to the podcast. If you have any ideas or questions you want to talk about, you know, tell me if you've used any of the things that we've discussed or, or done the next turn or if you've been able to reflect or see things in a new way using the lens of CMM. I want to hear it all. So my full circle moment here is that even though this is a podcast, I still want it to be one of those spaces that we talked about at the beginning. The space where you can share and be vulnerable and where we can find connection. So again, send me an email to storieslived.storiestold at gmail.com and we'll keep this dialogue happening. Thank you so, so much for showing up today. Thank you for being curious and thank you for being a part of this conversation. That's all for this week. Talk soon.